What's going on, everyone? Andrew here with another episode of The Interested Eater. I'm going to throw you guys another curveball. I feel at this point it's kind of irrelevant for me to keep saying I'm going to throw you guys a curveball because as this podcast evolves, I think you'll be starting to see new and different things for the podcast. But anyways, my interview today is with Peter Wynn, who's the owner-operator of Bun Me Boys in Metairie, Louisiana. Metairie is right on the outskirts of New Orleans and is pretty much part of New Orleans. So um, if you say Metairie is New Orleans, I don't think anyone would be uh, opposed to that. Bun Me Boys, very self-explanatory in the name. He specializes in po' boys, he specializes in banh mi sandwiches, but he also fuses the two together, which is kind of a new concept for um, such a food-centric and traditionally rich city of New Orleans. But uh, it seems like so far, everyone really likes what Peter's doing. It was about a 30-minute conversation, a little bit about the business, a lot about culture, how he grew up, what it's like to live in New Orleans, much like those of you who are listening who are in Central Florida, dealing with being in a tourist-centric city, that was another point of this conversation. Um, but like I said, it's, it's a relatively short interview, but it comes to about just under 30 minutes. If you have not already, I would really appreciate if you guys could rate and review the podcast. Uh, I'm assuming most of you are listening on iTunes, so just click on more episodes, scroll to the bottom, rate and review. If you do have a little bit more time, I would greatly appreciate if you could also write a review. But thank you to everyone who has submitted reviews so far. It really helps me in knowing what you guys like and don't like, but then it also helps gain more and more traction for the podcast because, uh, and I've said it many, many times, but I do want to make this the best food podcast out there. Without further ado, here's my chat with Peter Wynn. Peter, how's it going? It's going good, man. Good. Thanks for sitting down. Appreciate it. No problem. So uh, just so you understand, and like we were talking about, my podcast is rooted here in Florida, but I want to expand, and New Orleans has always been kind of a second home for me. Any chance I get that I can go out there, and uh, you know, even the last time we went was just solely for food. Um, I want to make sure that I, uh, I'm able to reach out to those people as well. I knew about what you guys were doing and I love it. And I think that you'd make someone, your story itself seems very, very interesting in what you're doing. So let's help the audience get to know you a little bit better. Why don't you introduce yourself, tell them how Bon Me Boys got started and then we'll go from there. All right. My name is Peter Wynn. I'm chef and owner at Bon Me Boys in Metairie, Louisiana. Um, we started off as a small uh, sandwich shop, and first we introduced the traditional uh, Vietnamese po' boy. That's what we call it down here, but it's a uh, Vietnamese bun mi, and selling it side by side with the New Orleans po' boy. Two two popular sandwiches in each each of its own culture, and that's how we started. And once we had that uh, ball rolling, then you know I started pushing the boundaries on on uh, crossing over flavors and creating new flavors beyond that cool and uh to my understanding you're doing this in a gas station right or next to a gas station next to a gas station so the the gas station uh is a part of the story because uh it's a gas station that uh, my family owns and i a gas station that i worked at and um originally next to the gas station was a dog salon and a hair salon and that went out of business and um it was up for sale, so we went ahead and, and bought it, tore it down, and rebuilt it to make a restaurant. 
And how's that working right next door to your parents? I know some people wouldn't even consider being that close to their parents or, you know, even in those family business sections. But um, how's how is it working right next door to them? Uh, it's I mean, it's, it's uh, we have a very close knit thing, you know, I mean, that, that was our main thing. That, that's pretty much what we all hung together because we worked all of our lives. So we uh we're used to that, so actually, it's, I mean, it's more relieving for me because I don't have to be in there because it's something new and refreshing for me. But um, I mean, it's good. It's good uh, to be next to just in need. If I need anything, you know, we're close next door. Awesome. How'd you and your family end up in New Orleans? Uh, my parents uh, actually went, came over to the United States after um, after the after Vietnam War, and they actually started. And landed in Washington and uh, lived in Seattle first. And then they kind of trickled down. And I believe it was like they went through like 13 states. And so they ended up here and they felt like this is home for them. Why Why is it that New Orleans is an area? I mean, I've been seeing lately it's kind of been gravitating towards that. And for the most part, it seems like it's a second generation. So it's like your parents and uh, whatnot. But why was there anything in particular about New Orleans that made that stand out? Well, they they came up over the discovery that actually um, the Vietnam is very similar to New Orleans in the fact that it's um, it's bordering water, so it's the the fishing community is similar, and also the weather is very similar. It's very hot in Vietnam, and down in the south, it's the same climate. So, I guess like um, geographically, it's kind of like the same same uh, environment for them. Got it. Can you, I know that probably most of my audience understands the difference between the two, but can you explain briefly in your, in your uh, definition of it, what a po' boy is and what a banh mi is? Uh, in history or as in as then technically the sandwich? The sandwich. I feel that's kind of the most modern way to explain it. Okay, so the po' boy is, um, generally a po' boy is a fried, fried seafood on a, uh, on a French uh, roll and, uh. It has uh, mayonnaise, lettuce, pickles, tomatoes, and and uh, yeah, lettuce, to p- pickles, tomatoes, and mayonnaise, and that's how it's dressed. And then a uh, banh mi is um, has a, a kind of like the same thing, like a buttery mayonnaise with a uh, cilantro, uh, jalapenos, pickled carrots, and daikon, and uh, cucumber. So. Obviously, I feel like that's been something that's been really shaping your cuisine palette and, you know, obviously living in New Orleans. Was there anything else that was really shaped your palate and what you saw as New Orleans cuisine? Um, as in shaping it, uh, I mean, those were the the foundation as as growing up. And then as I got older, I, 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 I tried to explore a lot of food going to every time I travel. And I try to eat as much different cuisines as I can because it, it's it's exciting for me and I'm I'm a curious person so I like to see I have an open mind I like to try new things and um and I take everything that I enjoy from each cuisine and I try to bring that in back to my own food. Did you have any culinary background prior to starting by Me Boys? No culinary background. Uh, I've just uh, been a curious cook and I just enjoy. That was like a hobby of mine to cook at home for myself. When did you feel like confident enough to say, I want to go out on my own and not be the cook at home. I want to start this up and do my do my thing. I mean, in the beginning, it wasn't really um, I've always wanted to do it. I mean, I, I, I'm going to 
I honestly say that I wasn't truly 100% confident because, you know, as, as a person that's not culinarily trained, you know, it's just, I didn't want to see how challenging that was. So it was definitely challenging and it was a lot of trial and error, but it was as, as I got more practice in a business kitchen setting and starting to understand, you know, cooking to the masses, because cooking at home is way different than, you know, cooking in a restaurant for multiple people. And that was a tough thing to adjust to. And I learned the hard way and it was a lot of uh, trial and error for me. But after a while, you know, people started giving me feedback and adjust and it got to the point to where it was basically a learning experience for me to this point to where now I'm pretty confident in uh, my cooking. What was the feedback initially when you first started? I can imagine that while New Orleans has such a strong food scene, they may still feel that they stick to what's traditional. And what you're doing at times, and it's an option for them, is that you confuse it and have a, a banh mi po' boy or vice versa. What's What was that feedback initially, and how did it did it change at all? So initially, um, I just kept it really simple. Uh, the one thing I was confident in was – uh, because I graduated in um, in business marketing, and and one of the things I learned was, I mean, if you have a unique product, people will want to go towards that. And um, the one, that's the one thing I made sure when I went in, I was like, I'm gonna I'm do good food, but I'm I want to make sure my food is unique, because that's gonna really end the competition there. And if I do something true to myself, and and then that's gonna be unique itself. So in the beginning, there was a lot of educating because a lot of people didn't know too much about Bun Me, and um, it would it would just kind of take them a little bit to try it after they moved in on like the simple stuff. So they would try like something just grilled pork is very popular, and you know everybody enjoys good pork sandwich. So they would try that, and they would fall in love with that. And you know the first couple visits would be getting the same thing. And after that, they would kind of uh, go outside of that. And, and then that's when when people come now, they like they get excited about the whole menu and they'll be like, every time I come, I got to finish the whole menu now. So, Can you explain to me, because I, obviously, like I said, I'm here in Florida and we don't have that Viet Cajun scene. We have Vietnamese restaurants and they're strictly, it seems very traditional. Mm-hmm. Can you explain the Viet Cajun culture and how that reflects in its food? The vintage culture is pretty much it's like it's like a um, a natural occurrence. It's, we uh, it's probably just growing up. We we're enjoying both cuisines and and to the point to where we kind of like in our heads can sense that these kind of things kind of melt together in a in a way. And then that's when everybody starts playing with oh, just like I say when I go try something, I, anything I enjoy, I try to incorporate that in my cooking. And I think that's what happened. People enjoy from both cuisines, and they kind of have thoughts about, oh, this would do well with this. And with the majority of people having that same experience, that's when something grew from that. Got it. And with uh, the Vietnamese scene itself, you know, obviously rooted restaurants in New Orleans, you can a lot of people would always say Cajun and French, and that seems to be where that that's heavily heavily rooted. Do you feel that Vietnamese and, and the food and the restaurants and, and those people who were starting those, did they have to get welcomed by New Orleans or did they kind of have to make a statement and saying, we're here, we want to, you know, bring our cuisine to this food centric city? Yeah, that was definitely a, a, a challenge. Also, it was a, it was a, I think, uh, I mean, I wasn't around at the time or I wasn't aware of when I was, I was probably really young, but there was definitely some, um, some clashing of the cultures, 
and especially our, from what I remember the um, the shrimping scene because uh, there was a battle between um, you know um, job security when it came to shrimp because so many people were doing it and um, but other than that um, it I mean it takes a while for for any situation when something new gets introduced to something it's it's gonna be a little bit headbutting but I mean once it comes to an understanding you know everything settles down a bit you know and to your understanding how long have vietnamese restaurants been a staple here in new orleans um i mean from when from when i can remember i mean i'm i'm, I'm only uh 30 years old and i know it dates back far 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 um from what i remember i would say now that i think about it i wasn't sure if i have i even experienced at a young age but i mean probably about 20 20 something years ago then it really started being a predominant thing in New Orleans, i feel in my opinion that's not factual but it's just my yeah. opinion you know i know that there's kind of like the ogs when it comes to gumbo and po' boys and whatnot but when it comes to vietnamese food in new orleans are there any that are like the really well respected spots oh for sure i mean um it, it's to me um it's only a certain group that knows really the the select spots I mean, there's um, from what I grew up eating, uh, the best. Well, my this is all opinionated, but the best love place for me is uh, a place called Fabung, which is which is a small uh, pho franchise. But uh, for like good home cooked meals, I would say Nine Roses is a big staple in New Orleans. That they've been here for a long time. When you were when you were starting off with this, you were talking about trying to make the deal for the spot next to your parents' Texaco. Mm -hmm. Was there any other locations you were looking at? Was was that part of a long list, or was it like, hey, this one popped up, let's go ahead and just try for this one? So so here's the here's the story about that location. So um, I I just I just was there to really help in the beginning, because I, I didn't want to, I wasn't. At that point, I was just there to uh, be a cook in the kitchen because that's what I enjoy cooking, right? And that place they originally wanted to be Po' Boys. It was it was a it was the a restaurant that my mother wanted to run. So when they told me they wanted to do Po' Boys, you know, I was there to also put in input. And I said, um, I said that doesn't make really any sense to do that because it's not really pertaining to us. Their plan, their their plan was to because there's a pole boy place across the street from us and which is very busy so the, their idea was to uh take the overflow of that business into our, our location because they they knew that was a guarantee but i told them that we should really gravitate towards making our own food which is by me and we kind of met in the middle to do both and um they didn't really like it first so it was kind of like slowly feeding them what my vision was which is hard for them because they're first generation they're very traditional and they don't they don't they like coming this far they didn't want to take that risk and lose uh lose the investment but uh i just leaked a little bit a little bit of this and when it actually came up to opening the business you know i had i had what the menu i created and um they they were very because I mean this is something new to them they didn't understand it and they they didn't want to take that risk so they said they said you know what you believe in it so much we're gonna we're gonna 
give you the building and you just pay rent to us. So I took that challenge and I just wanted to prove to them because they, they didn't believe in the concept at first, which I understand because it's something that they they don't really know or know that the city kind of needs. Because when I, I mean, me growing up, I've eaten so much food that where I have to go outside now to where I explore more. And when I go outside the state and explore more, I see that there's so much more that the city hasn't seen yet. So I try to bring that back. And um, I mean, it was a slow come up, definitely. The first three months was really rough. There was a lot of educating people and getting the name out without, you know, without even advertising. And um, it just really word of mouth played a big part in the success. And um, and I just can thank the customers for that. Yeah. When you started off, was it just you? Did you have a staff? Yeah, it was uh, it was me, um, my girlfriend at the time. Well, my girlfriend now, now fiance, and and uh, my brother and my sister-in-law, and we we slowly grinded out, and then as we grew, uh, we just hired more people. Got it. And how many staff do you have now? I uh, have about seven employees. Okay. I was noticing and when I was doing my research, I was seeing that you guys were getting highlighted on things like I think it was Vice and First We Feast and congratulations for that. That you know, that it's tough to get. And especially in such a food centric city where, you know, there's so many options or whatnot. Um, I haven't really talked to anyone about this, but that behind the scenes thing, I'm sure what they're saying is, you know, maybe we need the space to can you hold your customers off for a little bit or, you know, make sure you got your best staff front and forward and give us space so we can look at the line and get shots of food and stuff. Was mm -hmm. there anything going into it that you didn't expect that ended up happening? What do you, oh, as like, um, the production wise? Yeah. Like expectations versus reality. Um, um, we're gonna, the one thing I don't know if they're gonna like me talking about it, but I mean, uh, some some productions I'm mm -hmm. not gonna I'm not gonna say names, but there's one of them that didn't that didn't um, you know, they contacted me. They they they, they say you know, oh, we we like we like what you're doing over there. We wanna shoot with you and do this right. So I, I take it as face value, but when it came to it, they kind of wanted me to push an agenda and tell their story instead of telling mine which caught me off guard and i you know i'm i'm keeping 100 percent. i didn't do what they said and i just did what what they i came they thought they'd do when the actual video came out i wasn't even included so and i from what i looked from the whole uh material content of the video it was all a story that they wanted to tell which i don't mind they could have told me that ahead of time but they try to do some you know behind the behind the back trying to forced me to do something that that they didn't tell me to do yeah and that's i i want i want to hear people's stories it's like we were talking about off the air too i just that's what i want to do i want to hear stories i want to let you you know dictate where that conversation goes as well but I, along the way i'll just ask questions but i want to pick your brain and you know send that out to the world so can you put in perspective just because i think for a lot of people who are from the outside who are visiting tourists for uh new orleans obviously they're going to be familiar with um, you know, French Quarter, they're going to be familiar with Canal Street. Where are you in perspective of those places? I am like 10 minutes away from New Orleans. I am a straight shot to New Orleans. Uh, I'm actually down the street from the airport. If you leave the airport, you go down Airline Drive mm -hmm. and you actually can hit me. And then if you keep driving, then you can hit New Orleans. So I'm right before New Orleans. Metairie is okay. like... Yeah, a lot of surrounding cities of actual New Orleans will just say New Orleans, 
because it's so so people won't get confused because there's like six or seven or eight even more surrounding cities around New Orleans where people just call it New Orleans so people can kind of get familiar with it without confusing them about all these different areas. Yeah. When uh, someone is visiting, you know, such as myself, what are your recommendations to get a true taste of New Orleans, both not only from like a cuisine standpoint, if there's like certain areas in the in the city that are really stand out to you, but also like what it is to do. Because I think the notion is, oh, I'm going there. It might be for a weekend, bachelor, bachelorette party. I'm getting drunk. I'm just going to stay within this short vicinity. But there's so much more that this city offers. What are the some of those things that stand out to you? Uh, to stand out to me, I'd say the um, just I don't know. As for anybody that's coming in, I would I wouldn't suggest anything I would do because I'm <laughs> I, I mean I, I I don't even do much nowadays. I just stay home and relax. But um, you can definitely uh, explore the city uh, if you're into it. You know, explore the history and um, and go deep into the city and see what all this is about. But um, there's a lot more. I mean, um, and Metairie is very developing. There's a lot of new exciting things. And if you have the time, you know, you can go to Baton Rouge, which is only an hour away, which is the capital of Louisiana. And uh, that that's a pretty uh, fun city to be around. That's more developing, too. I mean, from my perspective, I mean, I've seen it all. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people have seen it all on TV already. But um, you can explore um, Frenchmen, which people don't really talk about. It's kind of like the more a different side of um, Frenchman is kind of like bourbon, but in a in a different kind of environment setting because bourbon is just straight chaos. So Frenchman is a little bit less tame. And um, and other than that, uh, real real food. Um, there's good food is is down in the French Quarter, but you have to weed it out because there's a lot of places that sell very touristy dishes or just be there just to sell to tourists. So I um, mean, number one place for me that sells really good food is um. Definitely uh, any probably any Emerald Lagasse restaurant or um, GW Finn's is really one of my favorite restaurants. Is a, is a really restaurant that showcases really good uh, fish. Yeah, I was down there a couple months ago, and you mentioned Frenchman Street. Did you try a place called I think it was called Pobros? Have you heard of them? Pobros, never heard of them. No, it, it was uh, it was in like there was like a concert hall and it was upstairs. It's like completely neon and it's just crazy. It's kind of like a video game. You're inside the middle of the video game. But my girlfriend, who I was, um, we went together for that week. Um, she absolutely loved it. So I don't know. Po Bros. Want, yeah, Po Bros. And it's and what it's, it's, a, it's above a building. Yeah, we and we were just asking people. It's like, why are you coming down with food? And the guy's like, just go up there, go up there. And oh. it was. It was awesome. I think I had like a hot chicken po bro po boy. I'm gonna call it po bro, um, <laughs> but the gumbo is actually pretty legit too. So and that's just my personal French recommendation. French. Yeah, oh, that's on Frenchman. That. Yeah, going back to what you were talking about too with the French Quarter. Personally, just from my side of the story, uh, I live currently in Orlando, and I'm sure what a lot of people assume as well is you got Disney World and then you got everything else. And what I try to tell people and when I got friends and family that are in town is, you know, come up to the actual city. We'll show you good food. There's more than meets the eye. But what happens is the tourists are going to gravitate towards Disney and, you know, they're going to they're going to make their money. And there's even a place called uh, Restaurant Row that's got some great places, but still has kind of those touristy vibes. What's your take right now on the current scene with the French Quarter, with Canal Street? You know, it, are they veering away from the tourist scene or do you think that's just going to be a staple as long as they're around? Oh, for sure. I think that's going to be that's going to be a staple because, man, New Orleans is probably 
one of the probably like top five tourist places I would think in 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 the United States. It's just so much deep history there that it's it's kind of hard to avoid that. You know, it's um so much going on and it's, it's slowly changing in some sense to where it's something refreshing to do or to look at every time you come down and visit. But um, definitely um, in the years to come, you know, other than uh, downtown and French Quarter, you know, we are developing outside of the city and a lot a lot bigger things are happening outside that people aren't used to seeing. So, I mean, I would say for people that come down for the first time, do do the do the main uh, downtown New Orleans thing. But after that, you know, do a little bit of that and also explore outside because there's a lot of great things out there. Yeah. When it comes to the locals, you know, what you're doing, I think some would classify that as fusion, even though you do offer both options as is Po' Boys and Bon Me. Um, how has the city kind of embraced that? Because I even know that there's other places that are doing things wacky and different. You know, the one that really stands out that I'm sure you know of is Turkey and the Wolf with their crazy sandwiches mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I feel that that's kind of becoming that new trend in the world of food, not just there, but all over the country. How's the city embraced fusion? The the city embraces fusion well. I think we've came to. I feel I feel like we've came to a point to where we we've, we've been known to serve these traditional dishes for so long. People were afraid to step out of that and be kind of like not be in the light for that. So I mean I, I'm I'm glad that we've progressed in the in the culinary scene because it's it's about time. And um. It's about time that we actually showcase more um, different food because as as somebody that lives here, that's what I was really trying to see. And that's why I provi- I tried to provide that because um, the food, we, we eat a lot and uh, and it can get boring quick, especially for me. I, have, I, I get bored real quick with my taste buds, so I always got to try something new. I want to throw a hypothetical out there. Let's say that there's some generous investor and they said, hey, we want to expand Bon Me Boys, but we want to do it outside New Orleans. Hypothetically, if there's three spots anywhere in the country you could go, what would be those three spots? Uh, I definitely, if I were the first three, I'll definitely start with the southern region uh, Mm because that would be the most familiar. But it's crazy because I've had a food writer come from Australia telling me, my place will do great out there. I would have people message me saying they want me in New York. They want me in uh, Washington. They want me in California. And it's, it's, it's very humbling, man, because, um, I mean, in some of those places, there's always a, there's already a predominant by me scene. And, and for them to want my food in their city, that's, that speaks volumes. What do you what 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 are the plans for the future? You know, beyond this hypothetical I just threw out there, what's what's actually in the future? So it's actually in the future is um, I'm working on trying to be, you know, the, a nationwide to global brand. Yeah, that's the funny thing. That's what that's what I'm actually working on. And um, I'm trying to work on this becoming a franchise because uh, since uh, so the plans is actually I'm trying to build a franchise model um, and uh, to kind of provide my food to everywhere else. So. Right now, I'm trying to uh, work on creating that and making that happen, creating that business model, because a lot of people are have been requesting to franchise my business. So I'm working on everything to be, you know, more in line because that's not going to be a lot of work. But I have to create everything from an organizational standpoint and um, work with people and see where I try to take this brand more national and national to global.
Yeah. Are you already looking at second locations, or is it more so just this planning phase? Just the planning phase. I mean, in the beginning, I wanted to do open more locations, but at the same time, um, there's only so much I'm capable of. So I already know once I if I were to leave my original location, you know, it would just drive me crazy to bounce back and forth, and then a third location after that because people want locations everywhere in the city, and you know, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just leave the opportunity to just uh, franchise it out. That's be less headache for me. I like a good work balance life, <laughs> work life balance, you know. And um, I'm gonna just take my time with it, you know. People, they'll just have to wait. <laughs> yeah. you know? Any consideration for like food trucks, food carts, any from that side of the the food scene? Uh, possibly. I mean, just like um, like I said, um. The most I'm going to be doing, as for me, I'm comfortable with is that one location because we're always going to be there. I mean, if somebody wants to open up a food truck, that's another franchising opportunity that I'm going to just provide. And um, my plan was to franchise this and hopefully bring funding to more concepts because there's plenty more concepts I have stored in me. And I want to really create those experiences for people to enjoy. Yeah, looking forward to it. When it comes to those who going back to like people coming down, visiting and whatnot, your what's your recommendation for the best time to come down to New Orleans, whether it be just a specific time of the year for like good weather or if it's tied into something like I know there's like Jazz Fest and things like that. Which when do you recommend like even if you have family who doesn't live in New Orleans, when do you tell them to come down? Uh I'll tell you any any time. I mean summertime's really hot if you can't handle the heat. Um, and definitely, I mean, it's a, it's, it, it depends, but I would say stay away during Mardi Gras. <laughs> Mardi Gras is just too much, too much. Everybody, during Mardi Gras, everybody just stays inside. Yeah. <laughs> Every, yeah. All the locals just stay in the uh, area. But uh, yeah. other than that, I mean, fall time, around this time is great. The weather is great right now. It's a little chilly. I mean, for me it is because, man, it, it gets so hot. I enjoy the cold. Yeah. Hey, I'm in Florida, so I'm used to it too. So, <laughs> What would be one piece of advice you would give those who might be on the cusp of wanting to start something, but maybe they're, they just need a little bit more confidence or they need that piece of advice from someone else to say, hey, go out and do it. What's your advice for those who might be on the cusp of starting something? My, my advice would be, be very self-aware and be honest with yourself. And um, if it's if definitely... If it's something you enjoy, uh, then go for it. If, if it's ultimately something you enjoy, because if it's something you enjoy, you're not going to worry about it. And and, uh, and if the product is good, it's going to speak for itself. And if you're trying to trying to test it before, you know, go into a business, always try to get people to give you feedback and the right people, not just people that's going to just agree and just be yes men around it. And yeah. you need honest feedback from people. And uh, that's going to really help the process. Peter, thank you so much for your time. I give this opportunity now for you to plug Bond Me Boys and whatever else you want to talk about. So floor is yours. Floor is mine. Well, um, you know, Bond Me Boys is Metro Louisiana, 15 minutes away from the airport, uh, 5001 Airline Drive. Uh, you can follow my social media on Instagram at Bond Me Boys Metairie. And, uh, yeah, just go to that page and you'll see what we got going on. I always post everything behind the scenes on my stories and uh, what's what we got new going on the menu. Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate your time. All right, thank you.
Thank you everyone for listening. This will be the last episode to come out before Christmas. So Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy Hanukkah to everyone. Enjoy your time with your friends, family, loved ones, and as always, make sure you're eating some great food. Take care.